Welcome to Bedroom Apartment on the west side of Los Angeles. It's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Joe Rechtman and Aliens. I prefer the term artificial person myself on this week's Titanic episode. Well, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film Sobering Talk About Movies. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Welcome to episode 212 as we continue our journey through the Alien movie franchise uh, with Aliens 1986, uh, directed by James Cameron. Written by James Cameron, uh, the screenplay. Cameron, David Geiler, and Walter Hill are responsible for the story, and Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset, 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 characters by. Uh, second in the Aliens franchise installment, and uh, one of the very few female-led action franchises, I'd say. Very interesting. This and Hunger Games and Tomb Raider? Does that count? All right, we'll ask some of my... <laughs> Esteemed people around the table today, let's get to the man that's always introduced second. The man who's right to my left, the co-host from the couch, the podcaster of disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, Brad Davis. Hello. Hey, Brad. Hey, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing quite fine. Thank you. Good. Aliens. Aliens. You've never seen this before. I had never like, seen this before. I think we're going to keep encountering. Throughout these this franchise, yes. Yeah. What'd you think right off the bat? What's your uh, initial response? It's great. I mean, it's, you get a lot, I mean, just looking down my best uh, scene list here, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, yeah, it's, it's terrific. It's so fun. Uh, you're, I think you're, you always say that it's, the first one's more of like the thriller mm -hmm. and the second one's a little more action. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't maybe necessarily call this an action film per se, but it's it, it it was a little closer to what Alien is than I I guess I was kind of uh, perceived based, really? based on what you said a little bit interesting yeah yeah I find not in a bad way just hmm. a little different okay I'm interested to, to hear more of that because I, I I think this is pretty different I mean like as you emphasized in our last episode when we did Alien mm -hmm. uh, you emphasized like the the pacing the patience yes. of of the reveal I think the suspense is a lot more more terrifying in the first one than it is here. I don't really find a whole lot of scariness as much as I do, like, get the satisfaction of blowing up monsters. Sure. I you mean, know? I guess I still see, kind of similar to the first one, there is, like, you know, when they're getting on, when they first get onto the ship or whatever it is, and they're, like, slowly looking around and checking to see what's there, that is a very paced-out build where you're just, like, waiting for something terrible to happen. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it does kind of feel a little similar to me. But, yeah, I mean, by the second half, I mean, yeah, you're pretty much just, it's its a lot more action. So, in that way, you are right. Uh, yeah, and James Cameron made this, what, only two years after Terminator, so it's still very early in his career. And from reports, he had a lot of pushback on this, which I think is quite funny in retrospect now that he is one of easily the most powerful directors in Hollywood. Anyway, let's get to our guest. He is uh, a returning guest of... Uh, handful of times now, and an Alien franchise movie fanatic. Is that fair to say? Uh, like a little under fanatic. A zealot. Little, zealot. We'll say zealot. Alien franchise <laughs> zealot. Uh, a writer and friend, Joe Reckman returns. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you back, Joe. Um, what's your favorite Alien movie? I gotta go with Alien. 
the first one. I I understand. I feel like most people prefer Aliens. Uh, I think because it has more blockbustery elements and it's got bigger stuff going on. Uh, and admittedly, the Alien Queen is pretty badass. But for me, like the intimate, the pacing of the first one, like that intimate, contained feeling of suspense, I just can't get over. It. And I think like the production design in the first Alien movie is so good, and it's because it's this intimate location. Mm-hmm you really get into the details of that ship. And I think, for me, that's that's a lot of it. Yeah. I would argue that maybe the first one looks better than this one at times as well. Of course, there, as you said, there's more blockbuster elements in, in the sequel. Right. Um, but that also exposes, I think, a little more of the lack of special effects at the time. Sure. Which still, they look good. They're still convincing. It doesn't take me out. But, I mean, I watched Alien last night to prepare for this. And, I mean, it looks... It looks just as good as anything in Passengers. Yeah. And it's all practical. Like, there's no... I, I mean, it's it's really just fantastic what they did with that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the space looks incredibly real. Yeah, like, it, it came out one. two years after Star Wars, and yeah. honestly, like, it makes Star Wars look bad. <laughs> yeah. In terms yeah. of the effects. Yeah, absolutely. 100% with, like, you know, the matte paintings and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the practical... I'd say ship windows, especially yeah. in front of those, uh, really do not hold up in the original Star Wars. Brad, what do you think? What's your, out of now these two Alien movies, arguably the best two, what, which one do you like better? Do you have a... The first one. I, I yeah. like the first one. It's this, not that I wasn't enjoying it, by the end of this one, it got a little bit like, okay, It's God, a little tedious. It gets, we, we, things keep happening. Now it's like, oh, they escape, and now the Alien, it, which, it's all cool, but by the end I was a little like, Okay, well, where, how, how long are we going here? Yeah, because um, it just they kind of have a, like a couple false endings almost. It feels mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, it almost feels like the first movie where <laughs> yeah. you get a false ending and then almost the exact same. I mean, a, a, more of a fight, and honestly, probably the most famous of the alien fights of the loader versus oh, the queen yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Get away from her, you bitch, and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how much is this one longer than the first one? Yes. By how much? Uh, fifteen twenty minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, okay. that's uh, yeah. I I think Alien it, it does it a little more concise and a little more uh, just felt cleaner or something. Hmm. All right. Well, this one actually earned Sigourney Weaver a Best Actress nomination, uh, which I thought was kind I of did interesting. Yeah, this I didn't one, either. This one. This one. I would have given it to her for the first. Again, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I like the first one better, and I I I found that to be pretty interesting. It did win Oscars for. Um, sound effects, editing, and visual effects. Uh, wow. Sigourney was uh, nominated. Hmm. Didn't see who she lost to. Didn't check it out. Maybe I'll do that on a break. There you go. <laughs> I bet she Stay remembers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think only one of the only uh, actresses ever nominated for an action movie as well for, uh, for an awesome. Oscar. So. Uh, let's get into some Trash Star Destroy. It's our first segment. We'd like to give you three movies of a similar ilk. One movie must be trashed, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in, in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And of course, the third movie must be destroyed, which means the only version has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of the Island fame. So, uh, let's do... Last week, we did three great Ridley Scott movies, since he was the director of that. So let's do three great, or perceived great, (laughs) James Cameron movies. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Titanic, and you know it's coming. Avatar. 
Ugh. Uh, I'm trashing Avatar immediately. Uh, that's wow. You're jumping right in. You have no no qualms about no, that. No, I would okay. love to get rid of that. Sure. Um, Even though I will say it's some of the best 3D and special effects I've ever seen. For sure, the story sucks and the acting is subpar. If, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll trash that. I mean, I'm probably going to start in T Terminator Two. I mean, I wouldn't mind taking the Leo role in Titanic, mm -hmm. but just because it's like legendary. Sure. But eh, I'll give Titanic to Michael Bay, and then I will star in Terminator Two, and I'll take the Edward Furlong role. There you go. Not a bad, not a bad way to go. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. Yeah, you're making some pretty right decisions. There. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are you doing here? Uh, I, I also think I have to star in T Two. Um, I think I'd go with Joe Morton's character for some reason, uh, like. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, just like a normal guy that gets caught up in all this nonsense and uh, gets to blow himself up at the end. Um, I'm going to blow yourself up. But <laughs> then again, starring as Liquid Metal Guy would also be pretty... Yeah. I'm going to change my answer to Liquid Metal Guy. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking about that, too. That's yeah. A, that's a fun role. Right. <laughs> um, I'll... Uh... Oh, man. I, I'm interested to see Michael Bay's take on Avatar. And I don't want to give him Titanic, mm. but I also can't trash Titanic. Um, Maybe you can. You, and LA Confidential was the best you, uh, picture. You Oscar. got me in a corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna trash Titanic. All right. I can't believe I just said that, but um, you yeah, a Titanic Avatar fan? So it's funny. I've never seen Titanic up until like a month ago. Hilarious. Oh, wow. When I watched it, and then the next day had to watch it again because I was so in love with it. <laughs> it's it's such a good movie. It's pretty good. It's like what three and a half hours long. Yeah. And every minute is like purposeful and full of intention, and like all all this podcast is about to become a Titanic, a Titanic podcast, podcast. <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> I don't know. I could argue with you about the first thirty minutes not being. Uh... The best. I think we can get started right on the Titanic. We don't need the... Alright, alright. Well... And I don't care for the framing. But with Bill Paxton and no the old way. lady. I'm not See, a big fan of that's that. That's what makes it all real. It's <laughs> it's all a story about these people who think that this is just history and that it's mm -hmm. just like this stuff at the bottom of the ocean and they learn, no, it was real people. <laughs> sure. Heart and soul. <laughs> alright. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear you like Titanic. That's. I'm glad you watched it, actually. That's, I, I think too. everyone should watch Titanic. <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever in cinema history is Billy Zane. You can be blasé about many things, Rose, but not about Titanic. I love that delivery. I'm sorry I had to bring that up. <laughs> Say it at First impression. Every turn, yeah. Um, I think, see, Avatar easily goes in the trash for me. I mean, I do like the special effects. I was kind of blown away by that, but too much of it was not great. Um, but I'm going to trash it. This is my problem now. I think Michael Bay could do very interesting versions of Terminator 2 and Titanic. And I could be happy starring in either one as either Leo or the T-1000 or Edward Furlong, to be honest. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to star in Titanic and give Michael Bay Terminator 2. Hmm. I just think he might do it a little bit better. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fun things to play with there. I don't know if he has... The mental capacity for a time travel story, though. Can he keep track of all that? Yeah. yeah <laughs> true. Uh, luckily, I don't, there's not, they don't get too, too complicated in two. You know, he's, 
later Terminator movies, you start getting into the more detailed. Like, I'm, he just has to come back. And I'm just being catty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'm going to be uh, old Jack in Titanic, King of the World. Get to make out with Kate Winslet. True. Yeah. And make a lot of money. A Quite, lot. Yeah. Question for those of you who have seen it more than twice. Mm-hmm. Whose hand is it when they're in the car? Oh. oh. My hand on the window? I always thought it was hers. Yeah, I thought it's Rose's. We but... rewound it a couple of times, and it's real hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> what Leo, about... Leo's got some feminine arms. <laughs> sure, but I think the angle would be her on her back, right? Because doesn't he come down on top of her, and she puts her hand up? It's, it's worth taking a look. Okay. you can think about it in a number of ways. Yeah, because <laughs> it's hard. Like dissecting the sex scene from Titanic. Yeah. If you're the guy coming, like, you know, you're making out, and then you're on top, it's hard to put your arm to go up and hit the window like it would. Whereas if you're on your back, you can throw your arm up a little easier. Right. So that makes Maybe me think she's it's on top. Maybe, but I think the way you watch them lower themselves. Like I said, this podcast has just turned into yep. a Titanic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Specifically about the Titanic sex scene. Yep, yep. <laughs> Who's hey, That is a uh, pretty famous scene. Like the hand pulling down the... the what is it? Uh, condensation. Oh yeah, is a famous scene. Oh, people have—it's been parodied before. I mean, oh, I've yeah. seen it in other things. I can't remember what, but definitely seen it in a couple things. Yeah. All right. Well, that's something again. Well, maybe we'll look into on the break here. <laughs> Back to Titanic. Back to Titanic. <laughs> now, aliens. Aliens. Uh, let's do one more trash star destroy category. Uh, let's do again. Last week we did Sigourney Weaver uh, sci-fi movies. Let's do Bill Paxton. Sci-fi movies. Or sci-non-fi, in one case. Uh, we'll do Aliens. We'll do the non-fi. Apollo 13. And, uh, I think his last sci-fi film. The Edge of Tomorrow. A.K.A. Live, Die, Repeat. Mm. Aliens, Apollo 13, Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. even Edge of Tomorrow. Like, I'd love to work with Emily Blunt. Or Tom Cruise if I didn't take his role. Um, but Aliens or, I'm sorry, what was the other one? Apollo 13. Apollo 13. God, I might need to start on Apollo 13. Um, and I'm trying to remember, Apollo 13, it's Bacon, Hanks, and Paxton are up in the ship, and then it's Gary Sinise on the ground? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, sorry. Right, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. I guess I'd actually take yeah. maybe his role in Apollo 13. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. Um, therefore, leaving Edge of Tomorrow or Aliens. I guess I'll get, I guess I'll trash Edge of Tomorrow. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as some people seem to, uh, but I enjoyed it. Okay. And then I'll give Aliens to Michael Bay. Interesting. You know what? That's a Michael Bay movie I would see. Aliens? Yeah. Yeah. If he did Covenant, you'd be in? No, or you're no, talking no, no, I back like, then. Yeah, okay. Aliens, like the blockbuster like sequel to Alien, I would definitely be into. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, is that what you're doing? Uh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm, I'm thinking... Uh, you guys don't make it easy. I think I'm going to trash Apollo 13. Oh. I'm going to give Edge of Tomorrow to Michael Bay, because I think he could do some cool stuff with that. I like that. Um, and I kind of like the idea of a Michael Bay-Tom Cruise collaboration. That makes sense. Yeah. They're like just, they're both like off the rockers enough. <laughs> um, we might get another uh, Mission Impossible 2 then. 
<laughs> uh, it's super indulgent. And then uh, I'm starring aliens, and I think I'm gonna take uh, the role of bishop. Oh, cool! Because like, oh. I mean, you get to like thrash around and like get cut in half, rip the nap by an alien, spew yeah. out white milky tapioca. Mm-hmm. Um, all pretty cool stuff. That's that is cool. You ripped apart like that on screen. Yeah, boy. I don't know what to do here. I, I could Aliens and Apollo thirteen again. I think I could star in either one of those. Edge of Tomorrow. I'm with you, Brad. I really I had fun watching it. it I don't hold it near and dear to my heart. Well, it's been a long time since I watched Apollo thirteen. I, I'm tempted to star in Aliens as well. Maybe as the Bill Paxton role. R.I.P. It's a fun one. Yeah. Just taking his movies. I, I know, man. Sorry. Uh, this is our Bill Paxton category. In, in memoriam <laughs> category too. Back. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it. I think we were on hiatus when uh, we were past. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then, oh, do I want to see Michael Bay do Apollo thirteen? Like, is it does it end up like Pearl Harbor? Won't be as good. Yeah, that's almost a guarantee. But again, if I was in Apollo thirteen, I'd probably take the bacon roll. Maybe I'll do that. So then I can star with Bill Paxton, there keep him alive in in our memories, <laughs> have a nice you know on set time with him probably. Seems like a good guy. Um, trash headed tomorrow. And yeah, Michael Bay's Aliens. I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk more Aliens. Probably a little more Terminator. Terminator. Maybe Terminator. Who knows? <laughs> but definitely a little more Titanic as well. <laughs> when we come back right after this. back high on film talking aliens with joe rechtman today boy boy oh boy we got some information now sigourney weaver her best actress nomination for aliens she lost to marley matlin children of a lesser god mm. there it is there you go deserved i don't know never saw children of a lesser god it's worth a watch yeah 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 okay maybe i'll check it out and uh we just watched the sex scene from titanic <laughs> A couple of times. A couple of times okay. to figure out whose hand smudges the condensation on the car window. And I think we are... Are we in agreement that it is Kate Winslet's arm? I'll only go so far as to say there's overwhelming evidence that it's Kate Winslet's arm. It is there. not completely conclusive. Because, as you pointed out, there is a cut, time lapse, so they could have been rolling around any which way. But when it starts, and when we come back, Leo is still on top. It does look like the hand has some... More feminine fingernails. Who knows? But with Leo, I mean, he's I mean, been living I'm, in... My guess is Leo, Leo and Kate Winslet know. Yeah, maybe we should ask him. <laughs> it's probably an extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually James Cameron. <laughs> he put his in there. Uh, yeah, all right, good. Uh, I, feel, I feel at least some closure on that. But if we ever do get a chance, or anyone does, please, ask Kate or Leo. Whose arm was it? Call in. Call in. Kate, Leo, if you're listening, call in. If you already know, call in. All right, guys, let's get into the summary game. The first official game of the podcast, that's worth a damn. That is zero to two points for this round. We're each going to take a turn at summarizing aliens in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. We did the theatrical cut today, uh, which ran 137 minutes, allowing us each 13.7 seconds to get out the most concise um, uh, review. Summary because it's the summary game, of Aliens You Can. Of course, we had our patented toy cost coin toss during the break, and gosh darn it, Brad. 
Gosh darn it. You won. I won. You chose uh, Hales, Hales, and it came up Hales. Yep. Exactly right. First, second, or third. You know, this is the fourth time I've done this podcast. <laughs> yeah. He seems to win a lot. Dude, it, it's, it seems like every week, you know? It almost feels that way. Yeah. I'd have to check the numbers to see if it's true, but it feels like every fucking week. I'm going to call the California Gaming Commission. <laughs> Please do! Because <laughs> I think he's rigging it. What? No. Yeah. I would never. Well, uh, in the meantime, Brad, you going first, second, or third? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Oh, taking the lead. Yeah. On a movie you've only just seen I know, the I'm first not, time. That's not probably the smartest move here, but uh, all right. <clears throat> all right. 13.7 seconds in three, two, one. Ripley is found 57 years after Alien. Uh, she is now asked to go back to where uh, the moon, the planet she was before. It's because there was a colonization there of people who have uh, contact has been cut off. They go back. They find that everyone's dead. The aliens are there and they end up mostly Time. dying. <sighs> okay. All right. They end up mostly dying. They end up most, most of them end up dying <laughs> is what I was trying to say. <laughs> mostly. Go back and ends up mostly dying. Mostly. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver comes out of this one pretty unharmed. Oh, yeah, she's fine. Oh, she's, yeah. she's crazy. Yeah, yeah, other than, again, yeah, lasting emotional damage. She's the cat, man. Yeah. She's the survivor. That's true. Mm -hmm. Jonesy. Very minimal part in this movie, unfortunately. Jonesy got really <laughs> written out of this script. Leave him on Earth. Okay. <clears throat> 13.7 seconds for me, Brad. Are you ready? Uh, sure, why not? In three, two, one... Ripley is woken up from uh, hibernation 57 years in the future to find that the moon where she encountered the alien is now colonized and the colony has now disappeared. So she goes with some marines to uh, find it overrun by aliens. They torch some eggs. They meet the queen. The queen gets on their ship. She blows Time. it out. She blows it out. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Covered a lot of ground. Ah, didn't mention Newt. Oh, yeah. I meant to. I was I like, remember the girl. Oh, well. All right, Joe, you ready for this? I guess so. All right. 13.7 seconds for aliens. Ooh. In three, two, one. After the events of Alien, 57 years later, Ripley is woken up in deep space by a salvage crew. Uh, she's then sent by the company, along with some Marines, to LV-426, uh, and they kill a bunch of aliens, including the Time. Queen. Yeah. Got the moon in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. I do feel like this movie is going to be the same plot as Jurassic World 2. <laughs> like, attempt Let's, to capture, to weaponize these creatures, and all hell is broken loose for yeah. trying to do it. <laughs> I mean, I just see, like, I, I can't wait for the Jurassic World franchise to get there, where it's they're using dinosaurs to fight wars. Yes, and I, Hopefully absolutely. that's three, but uh, if not two. <laughs> but I feel like this is going to be what a lot of it is. You're going to find the culture of, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um. In some sort of like facility, I guess that's all Jurassic World movies. There's always some facility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Enough about Jurassic World. Let's get back to Aliens. Time for the second game. First impressions. In this game, we're each going to supply the person sitting to our right with a line from Aliens. We'd like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. This time, zero to three points at stake. Uh, Brad, you went first, so I'll go first this time. And Joe, I'm going to give you a line. Boy, really hard not to give you a Hudson line. Mr. Bill Paxton. Naturally. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, they're heading down to the moon from their marine ship. 
and he says, we're on an express elevator to hell, going down. So let's play it and uh, have you give it a, the old college try. On my mark. Five. We're on express elevator to hell, going down. Two. One. All right, Joe, whenever you're ready. All right, here we go. We're on an express elevator to hell, going down. Oh, not bad. Yeah. yeah, that like, I don't know what quality you'd call that that he puts in his voice. That like almost like not quite whining, but it's like a stressful I, like. I think it's, uh, he whines throughout a lot of this movie. I though. think it's sniveling. Sniveling. Like not in the, that sounds bad, but like I, I feel like I always feel like Bill Paxton is perpetually playing little brothers mm. uh, that are just like these whiny little characters, and there's like a like a wheelie sniveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a. a kind of like bullying character to him like being like the 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 person who's inferior but uses that to like be yeah, more like cocky complex, yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly napoleon complex perfect perfect phrasing do you want to give brad a line well, i sure do you'd like to hear him in person um i'm gonna give you a line from the second in command uh the cigar chomping apone uh right after the briefing scene in the uh the big spaceship um, he yells at his crew to, to follow the commander's orders, and uh, I'll just let Apon speak for himself. All right, sweethearts, you heard the man, and you know the drill. Assholes and elbows. Hudson, come here. Come here. Okay, Brad. Assholes and elbows. Go ahead. All right, sweethearts, you heard the man, and you know the drill. Assholes and elbows. Hudson, come here. Come here. Oh, not bad. All right. uh, and just to clear things up, assholes and elbows is uh, refers to uh, working hard at a task. Coming from uh, farm work, a uh, group of field hands busy bent over picking crops, a supervisor looking out would see nothing but assholes and elbows. Hmm. Right. So. Fun. There you go. Fun. So, yeah. <laughs> assholes and elbows. I thought, because there's the, what's the marine one? Where it's like when you line up, like it's like, uh, hey, line up. Hey, line yeah, up. That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's, there's, there's a rhyming one about like dicks to your side or something like that. Like it's, I'm pretty sure there's a, a penis reference in it. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll try to think of it. Please do. <laughs> I don't know. Because I want... No. <laughs> don't worry about it, Brad. Just give me a line to impersonate it. I will. Uh... I'm also going to give you a Bill Paxton line because awesome. he gets a lot of the fun lines in this movie. Yes, he does. Um, he's they're searching for something on a I can't even remember what on a screen or they're looking for the eggs or something. But uh, Bill Paxton finds it and he says, "Oh, the survivors! They're looking for the, the survivors. Uh, survivors, mm -hmm. right?" And it's stop your grinning and drop your linen. Okay. Yeah. Again, what does this one mean? I don't really know. We're about to have sex, so. Stop smiling and take off your pants? Like, that's... I don't get it. I don't really either. All right. That's what... That's why it stood out to me. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. You're just saying this because it rhymes. <laughs> Yo! Stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found him. Are you alive? All right. <clears throat> R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Yo! Stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found him. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not bad. All right. All right, fair enough. 
Alright guys, well once you're done scoring, you can place the scorecards to the side for the time being, because we're getting into a little more of an open forum discussion of aliens called Seawork. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast, we like to start things off optimistically, so... Doo -doo -doo, best scene! What's the best scene of aliens? It's real tough. I'm partial to the face huggers in the medical bay scene. Ooh. But I think if we're talking straight up best, I think Ripley's little silent exchange with the alien queen when she goes down the den. And it's something I didn't pick up until this viewing, but they have this little negotiation where Ripley's like, hey, I can kill your eggs. Yeah. And the alien queen's like, okay, everybody back off. Yeah. And then the egg opens and Ripley's like, okay, fuck you. Um, and I thought that moment was fantastic. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the alien den. Yeah. That reveal yeah. when she's running away and then she oh, stops and you see, well, one, you get all the eggs. Right. And you're like, oh shit, she just walked into all these eggs. And then you, what's the next thing you see? It's, Maybe the, you just see the, the, the uterus. The, right. It's just like, what is it? A proboscis? Yeah. 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 It's just like plopping the eggs out and you follow it up. Yeah. And then you get this reveal of the alien queen kind of suspended from the ceiling, I guess. Yeah, I guess ish. so. I mean, yeah. they do a lot of hanging, these aliens. Um, yeah, and it's it's just reveal after reveal after reveal yeah. there, and it is great. And then, yeah, it is a fun little scene that yeah. shows that these are more intelligent animals than I think we thought, because they can cut the power. Right. <laughs> Use elevators. Use elevators, though. <laughs> so we're going to get to the <laughs> <big> elevator. <laughs> um, yeah, really cool. I mean, from there on out, I think the movie is... Awesome. Yeah. Like, those final sequences of once the queen gets up the elevator, and then Bishop rescuing them, and then, of course, right. this is where, I think, my best scene comes in, is not even, oh, I guess, let's say the, the, the chess move, queen takes bishop, is where you start, <laughs> start with its awesomeness. When, uh, you're like, you think it's over, you get that fake ending, where he's like, oh, pretty good job for, or no, for a robot or whatever, android, yeah. and then he's... The tail comes right Amazing through. Amazing death. Yeah. Best, oh, yeah. best death in the, the film. Yeah. Oh, oh easily. I, not close. Half of them you don't even get to see. Yeah. They just like pulled down into the floor. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, yeah, the, what, it's not quite death of Bishop. Bishop kind of lives, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, he's an android. Yeah, he's never alive. just ripped apart. Yeah. But he's still talking because I think the head is still intact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then of course... We even talked about it. Sigourney Weaver in the loader suit fighting mm -hmm. the queen. You know, get Classic. away from her, you bitch. I mean, this is maybe the most iconic of uh, yeah. the Alien franchise. Um, outside of, I guess, the egg opening and or the chest-busting scene of one. I think oh, it's probably the most iconic, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It's awesome. It's a fun fight. It's super cool. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, boy, you guys are certainly hit on the two big ones, uh, or two of the biggest ones. Um, yeah, I like um, the, I like, kind of like the first movie, I like the initial when they are on the ship and they're just slowly, like, searching, because you just know something fucking terrible is going to happen. And mm -hmm. they, again, sorry to, like, keep bringing that up, but, like, the pacing of it is just methodical. Like, it is slow, they're checking everywhere, they're not... Yeah. Little reveals of like finding the person, finding the people on the wall and whatnot, and then finally like the attack. Like it's just it's the suspense builds beautifully there. Mm -hmm. Um I bet seeing that in the theater would have been a really special thing. With, oh. like, a crowd full of people just like Ugh. with their hearts and 
in their throat, you know? Well, especially, too, you've already had, having obviously seen Alien, you know what they're up against. Yeah. Like, they don't even know. Yeah. And they're just walking through here, like, yeah, you don't, these fuckers don't stand a chance. <laughs> and they're just walking into certain death. So that's a cool scene. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the, the alien killing Bishop, just, like, ripping him in half. And then, you know, like you were saying, the entire end, basically, when she goes back in to get Newt. Yeah. From there on out, it is just whew, rip-roaring fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Newt, I will say, I also love... I mean, maybe my, the, my favorite shot in this whole movie is the alien rising up yeah. behind Newt oh, so, in I, the sewer. It's, it's terrific. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous, it's lit so well, and it is just terribly frightening. Like, oh, she's screwed. This is it. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and just to see the size up against this little girl is just, just awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to go into any more uh, detail about the facehugger scene? Uh, what, yeah. What you like I mean, about so, it? First of all, I personally, I kind of find the facehuggers uh, more terrifying than the xenomorphs. There's something about the, just that, like, scuttly, quick... Uh, movement and just like the idea of it planting this thing inside you. I, you know, I would rather get burned by acid blood or torn apart by an alien rather than have one burst out of my chest. Yeah, and face rather um, too. Yeah, so uh, I find the face huggers just terrifying and really cool. And I just love the way that that scene is crafted with them waking up, seeing the empty test tube. Then they try and bang on the windows, and they do that really cool thing where, like, you can't hear them outside. And then just the shot of uh, Paul Reiser turning off that surveillance camera, I think, mm. is such a great reveal. Um, I really, I dig that scene a lot. Yeah, that he's the one doing this. I mean, again, yeah. playing the uh, same purpose as uh, Ian Holm. Mm -hmm. I can't remember his name. Um, did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and Newt gets to do some stuff in that scene. Like, I think more so than in the rest of the movie, Newt gets to kind of have a little bit of action herself. Yeah. Um. For sure, she gets to yeah. pinch it behind the desk. Yeah. Um, Ash. Ash is a robot. Ash. Ash is a goddamn robot. That's what it is. Used to Ash being a good guy. Ash is a goddamn robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if there's a best scene, there must be a worst scene. Do 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 do. Worst scene. Is it the aforementioned queen using the elevator? Uh, that's a problem. It seems a little strange. <laughs> it's a little. It's it's certainly seemed problematic to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I didn't really as far as worst scene. But I didn't have much. Everything's um, pretty like purposeful. Everything's there for a reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I, I wrote down. It's it's funny to me that after. Ripley's rescued, and apparently they do a psych evaluation on her, and they know she has like these terror dreams. That even though Burke is the bad guy, he still is like, "We want you to come." And like, <laughs> Why would you want this person to come? Who's clearly still horribly traumatized by this. Like you can get the information from her. You don't need her there. It's not like she, up until now, is like a skilled fighter. I mean, she's certainly proving herself, but. Right. They don't know this. They don't, you know, with a band of Marines. My thought, too, was why, I mean, I understand, like, they kind of justified it, but, like, why in the hell would she agree to this? Like, why would you go? I mean, I guess in order to, like, obviously he said he would, like, help her, you know, get 
her standing back or, you know, her job back or right, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you want to help people, too, to a certain extent, because, you know, there's families up there, obviously, have gone missing, but still, so that's a hard sell. So my take on it was, when he first comes and offers her the trip, she's like, fuck off. And then she has, um, they cut to her waking up from another nightmare uh, of her chest bursting. And so I took it as, like, she is willing to go on this trip just to make sure that all these things are dead, because the thought of these things still being alive anywhere in the universe is just like, she can't live with that. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah. And it's, she wants to help the people. Sure. No, no, no. I got that. I mean, there's still part of me though, like after experiencing what you experienced, yeah. how do you go back and like fuck with them again? I, I yeah. well, Burke even says like in that same conversation of like, I read your psych report. We want you to go back. He even says like, it'll be good for you to get some closure. Mm-hmm. Whether that's true or not, I don't think it is, but right. you know, I, I think you're probably more <laughs> on it that she wants to make sure they're rid, ridden of the universe. Right. Um, but, yeah. I guess the only other thing i got to say is uh, the briefing by Ripley obviously could have been a little more in-depth and saved yeah. a lot of lives. But I, I, I think that's... I think they get a pass there just because, like, as an audience, we know what she... We don't need to hear. Like, yeah, acid it blood. Just be, it would just be tedious. Um, I think... So, uh, I had previously watched the special edition of this movie that came out in 1990, Um, and there was a scene in that that I thought was part of the theatrical release that I was surprised not to see in there today, so I'm going to make that a, my worst scene is a scene of omission, where in the beginning when she's talking to Paul Reiser, she finds out she's been in space for 57 years, she asks, where's my daughter? And Paul Reiser tells, informs her that her daughter is dead. And it's this huge blow to Ripley, and she's all sad about it. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that's such an important scene, because this way, we don't get into the whole motherhood theme for until 45 minutes in, when Newt mm-hmm. shows up. And I think it's such, like, it's such a strong character arc, and it's so well mirrored with the alien queen being a mother, um, that I thought, like, when they first find Newt, if we knew that Ripley had this daughter that had mm-hmm. grown up and lived this whole life and died while Ripley was lost in space, I think Ripley finding Newt means a lot more to her and then to the audience if we if we had that info. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, say, trying to go back to save Newt, too. It's like, well, you can't... She couldn't save her daughter, but now she's going to try to save this little girl. Yeah, yeah that type um, of... And when she's done, Newt hugs her and calls her mommy at the yeah, end of the exactly. film. It's yeah, It's like, it's... I was really surprised that it wasn't in the theatrical version, and um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the special edition from here on out. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're right with that. Uh, that theme is not only so prevalent in this movie, especially, but I feel like the franchise, like mm-hmm. just dealing with the impregnation process of these aliens right. being a very integral part of the movies and their mythology and yeah. what we know about them and the special effects. Uh, <laughs> opportunities that they that they afford it so yeah that that should have been in here it really should have especially like what like it's only like 15 minutes longer and you know that scene's what maybe a minute or two right yeah come on oh well james (laughs) jimmy oh by the way the uh marine or military saying is nuts to butts uh we want to line up nuts to butts boys get tight 
line. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing- no, I, I understand. Single it. file. Mm-hmm. There you go. Do you need me to explain nuts to butts I'm anymore? I'm picturing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> And there it is, the theme song to our final podcast game. It's time for milking it. Zero to five points, so easily the heaviest weighted of the games today. We're each going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to look at, uh, take the elements of aliens, uh, the characters, the themes, the story, you know, revamp them, redo them, however you want to do, mix them up to come up with a brand new movie and put it out there to make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Of course, we each need a title and a quick summary. And here's that old Hollywood relic. And I believe, Joe, it's your turn to draw first. Mockumentary. That's interesting. That is interesting. All right. All right. Brad. All right. War film. Oh, all right. Okay. Interesting. Well, they, they want to weaponize the aliens, man. So here's your chance. Yeah. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. And I'll draw, ooh, a uh, comic book or superhero movie. There you go. Right right on the tails of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Here we are. Here we are. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back, right in the middle of milking it for aliens. Joe, you drew the mockumentary card. Mockumentary. What do you got for us? So, at first I was thinking of just going like, Ken Burns Aliens. Mm. Um, (laughs) But then I actually got like, oh, I think a legitimately good idea. Um, My mockumentary uh, isn't funny, but it is a fake documentary called LV426. And centuries after the events of Alien and Aliens, a documentary film crew lands on LV-426 to make a documentary about the legend of Ripley and the Xenomorphs. Um, uh, After Ripley nuked the colony, uh, when they come back to it all these years later, it's now just like this barren wasteland. Ancient ruins of the colony are still kind of scattered about, but it's a totally different uh, place after after it exploded. Um, and our heroine isn't Ripley, but she's a young actress who's been hired to portray Ripley in the documentary. Um, and of course, the xenomorphs who survived the blast were mutated by the radiation, so now they're even more awesome. badass. And they've got a long memory. So when they see this young woman who looks exactly like Ripley, they're like, that's that bitch that killed our mom. Um, so they take her, and the movie is about her having to escape the documentary film crew trying to rescue her, and obviously killing aliens. Awesome. And it's called? It's called LV426. Oh, right, LV246, yeah. right, the um, name of the moon. And I don't know, the tagline, I'm thinking like, like, you can't go home again, but that's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you can do like a, a Blair Witch thing and play it like it's a real right. movie. I was thinking like, based on a true... Ah! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In space, no one can hear you film. <laughs> All right, Brad. 
You got a war film for us? Yes, I do. War Horse. War Horse. Um, I hope it's off War Horse. It's, it's called War Horse. War Alien. War Horse. Uh, no, so we have, um, we have Ripley, who's now actually in the army. So, uh, Commander Ripley. Uh, and she knows that these aliens are still out there. Like, still on the planet. So, she wants to take, uh part of the army to that planet in order to finally kill the moth because there's she has fears that they'll eventually learn how to get to earth mm-hmm. um so when she is not she is initially not allowed to do that they won't give her they won't listen to the order or they won't allow her to go they won't give her any of the weapons she wants or needs uh so she ends up like taking a group of people who agree to come along and goes anyway and now, once they've arrived, um, the aliens have become smart enough and actually have like learned technology. So they actually have weapons now as well, aside from their act- their own like you know size and strength and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of so we actually have on this planet just kind of an all out battle of just kind of you know almost imagine like Ripley and her crew walking in and the aliens walking in and just kind of crashing in the middle and just a like a braveheart kind of kind of yes uh and just kind of see that all play out in a pretty pretty insane way okay who wins uh we do (laughs) (laughs) we do uh yeah we 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 kill them all (laughs) how how old is commander ripley uh god interesting question how old is she in Aliens at this point. I mean, I guess she'd well, be like... Well, judging from the 57 years, she's at least oh, 57. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think in, in Aliens, she's got to be late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, probably... Well, yeah, I guess with the 57 years thing, that kind of throws things into flux. But... Because yeah. I guess... Like in, 80? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I guess technically... Because what? I guess for those 57 years, she just obviously doesn't age. Yeah, because you're like right. in a hyper yeah. 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 Um. So, yeah. I mean, I would put her at like... I guess, you know, about what, I mean, what she is in this movie, I guess it would actually be much older, because, like, the 57 years thing, but, right, like... Right, so say, like, actually 35. Yeah, okay. actually, like, 35, 40, yeah, yeah. like, somewhere in that range, yeah. All right. Uh, and, yeah, sorry, the movie title is Ripley's War. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ripley's War, that's good. All right, uh, I got my comic book superhero movie. I feel like maybe it was a little bit of a cheat because Alien vs. Predator is kind of a comic book, I believe. Um, but I, I, I did something a little different. We're going to kind of reform Ripley into... Uh, she's now... Her whole life lived on this colony on LV-426 uh, that's actually been kind of peacefully thriving for a couple decades. Not too, too long, but maybe like 20, 30 years, like it has been. Um, unfortunately, she has, when she was a kid... We find out she watched her parents actually um, get killed by an android, one of the earlier versions. Um, and it kind of scars her, so she kind of grows up an orphan. Um, and she now works, she's a blue-collar, like, uh, dock loader. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of just living her life. You know, she's now probably, you know, late 20s, however she is in this movie. And then, you know... This someone had stumbled upon the ship, like they do in the first movie, and release these aliens. They awaken them, um, and they start kind of invading this little city colony they have going on, and taking over, obviously. So, of course, 
uh, Alien, uh, Alien, <laughs> Ripley has to, she pairs together with like a couple of her crew members from the dock and uh, an android who she doesn't quite trust, of course, and her own like tricked out loader that she has. So she has like her and a couple of guys had these like suits, almost like say mm, Iron Man suits. Uh, and of course they have to battle back these alien invaders, saving the city and her crew, and of course a little orphan girl along the way who she also, you know, sees herself in, so she'll, uh, save her and she'll eventually become her ward and sidekick in future sequels. Uh, and yeah, so she gets the help of the android too, learns to trust androids again, return to stasis. And it's called, well, it was originally called Invasion, but then the studio made us change it to Ripley colon invasion mm. that's the studio for you yeah because yeah. they want you know they want it to be the series and it has to be ripley's name in it because she's the the superhero here so so yeah ripley invasion i think save our city there you go nice thanks all right well as soon as you're done scoring please pass your scorecards to the front of the class for final edition and as you do that we will unfortunately move into our pessimistic end of the show podcast regrets Anything you regret saying or not saying through the duration of this uh, podcast? I regret that we didn't talk more about Titanic. I feel like we really didn't nearly dig into it as much. Sure, sure. Uh, we, we have done that on a uh, past episode. But, you know, maybe it is time for a revisiting of Titanic. Or even just like a spin-off podcast that's just... Just about Titanic? Titanic. Just go yeah. scene to scene, discuss it. Each episode's a different scene. Yeah, like... Um, they do that podcast, Star Wars Minute. They've gone through every Star Wars movie. Each episode's one minute of Star Wars, oh, a consecutive huh. minute. I mean, do that with Titanic. You could do a whole episode just about whose hand is it on the window. That, I, I think we almost did. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any last uh, things you want to uh, say about Titanic? <laughs> uh, no. I find it fascinating. You just watched it. I, I think that's so I, funny. Me, me too. I'm like, I'm honestly like kind of mad at my parents that they didn't make me go see it when it came out. Oh, it's... I went to go see it. I, you know, I'd heard there were. Uh, some boobs in the movie. So, uh, <laughs> I decided to go see it. It was PG-13. I could get to the theater myself. Yeah, I think I saw it twice, actually, in the theaters. Yeah. I, Once for each boob. Once for each boob, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I just had, like, a bunch of different friends who wanted to see it, and I was like, I'll go see it again. Yeah. Like, watching that boat sink at the end was pretty fucking awesome on the mm -hmm. big screen. Yeah, for sure. Any other regrets? Uh, boy. No. I, I mean, I guess... I. Did want to mention the dream sequence at the beginning mm. when Ripley's it looks like it's about to come out of her chest, mm. the alien. Like seeing that, obviously having not seen this movie before, I was like, holy shit, are we really doing this already? I was like, oh, okay, it's a dream. But that's yeah. Even the idea that, oh my god, Ripley's chest is about to explode on this screen, especially so quickly into the movie, certainly caught my attention. Yeah, I mean, what did you think? You think we were just going to lose Ripley right then and there? I had no idea what was happening, quite honestly. I mean, before I could really even process the thought, it, you know, you find out it's a dream. But mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I was surprised by it, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I felt like I should uh, mention that, because I thought that was a pretty cool way to start it out. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny. We kind of talked about this during the movie a little bit, Joe. What they get, they get so much exposition out in the dream sequence. Yeah. And, of course, the alien, her Ripley being impregnated, doesn't stay as factual. But everything else does. Like, yeah. that it's the same company. It's 57 years later. Well, I think it's really it's kind you of think really it's echoing smart. what she already has got that we don't get in the film? I think that's part of it. I think, like, when Paul Reiser 
he, you know, he alludes to how long she's been asleep, and she's like, what do you mean, how long has it been? And he's kind of like, I, I'm surprised nobody's talked to you about this. And it's kind of cool knowing that that's a dream. Yeah. And knowing that, like, oh, it had been handled more professionally. Like, it was a more delicate situation, and, and this is her nightmare. Um, yeah, I really dug that that device, and I kind of want to find more movies that, that have these kind of, like, prolonged dream sequences. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it happens all the time. Yeah, but I think, like, with this specifically, I kind of feel like if they hadn't done it the way that they did, if they hadn't had all that exposition, we would have known it was a dream sequence mm-hmm. from the get-go. Like, I don't think you would have been very surprised, Brad, no. if it had just been like, oh, she wakes up in a hospital and starts convulsing. I think it, it like, really lulled you yeah. into a sense of complacency. Right. Thinking it's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, excellent. I, I think I got out everything I needed. I mean, all my issues of nuts to butts and uh, Titanic and who Sigourney Weaver lost to are all resolved here. That's big. Yeah, I guess my only uh, my only regret is it's uh, game over, man, for me. Uh, it's 14.7 points, mm. third place. Uh, Brad, 15.1 Bested me a little bit, but it was Joe who emerges the winner. 17.3 points. Oh, solid whooping. Yeah, you did really well in the milking it. And I oh, didn't yeah. even you win the coin great. toss. And you didn't, hey. <laughs> no one ever does. Like I said, it's, it's weird. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show again. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, I'd, I'd love watching Aliens with you. Um, I should mention to everyone, you have a very funny Twitter account, HBO Joe. Yeah, thank you. Um, quite welcome. Do you want to explain what that is? Uh, that is a Twitter account I set up so that I can make snarky comments about HBO and the movies that they have. Um, I used to tweet about whatever HBO was playing on television, and then I stopped subscribing to live HBO. So now, uh, in order to pick random movies, I roll Dungeons and Dragons dice. And pick the movies that way. All right. Um, and how, how does that help you? How uh, does that choose with the numbers? So, so I roll an eight-sided die to determine the genre. Okay. They have like eight categories, uh, and then I roll another die to determine like which column in their grid of thumbnails I'm going to choose from, mm. and then I'll roll a hundred-sided die, and just scroll down until I hit my number. All right. Um, and I've gotten some pretty good, pretty like randomization. Uh, I've seen some of the movies you've yeah, been tweeting all about. all over the place, from like <laughs> Idris Elba dramas about Rwandan genocide mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Ah. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it sounds like you're getting depressing movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you'd like to plug while you're here? Huh? No, that's about it. HBO Joe. Excellent. HBO underscore Joe. There it is. Brad Davis, thank you as always. A pleasure, sir. Uh, at BD, always GP on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates, a baseball blog uh, you can find on my Twitter page. Yeah, really good stuff. Can't recommend it enough. Thank you. Uh, I'm at Cross Maxwell. Across your social media platforms, at High on Film is the show. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps with our exposure. Um, but please, engage with us anywhere you'd like, including the High on Film show at gmail.com if you have a lot of things to tell us. Uh... Otherwise, that's it. Oh, oh, let me do... I'll give another shout-out to uh, Theronathon, uh, another uh, movie podcast detailing the movies of Charlize Theron, uh, run by uh, past high-on-film guests Robin Hitchcock, Regina Connolly, and Bob Shields. It's a great show. Um, I've been diving right into it. I'm about halfway through, I think. Almost caught up. Although I didn't do Fate of the Furious because I haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, I just out. did that one. I know. She's fantastic, by the way. I believe it. She's yeah. usually really great. I mean, she always brings it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week with Alien Three, the David Fincher installment, and then uh, that's when Covenant comes out too. So look for a review of that. Excellent, guys. Thanks so much. We love you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>